Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Mark. I am Britton. <laughs> and uh, today we're watching the movie uh, Splice. Yeah. So uh, without any further ado, let's get started. Because I have an awful lot to talk about this. Yeah, you, think, are, you are very opinionated. <laughs> and I think you might have a thing or two to say about this as well. Yeah. Um, but this movie actually came as a recommendation mm. from a friend of ours uh, named Victor. Yes. And he said that it was one of the worst movies he had ever seen his entire life. He said he walked out of that theater and he spent an hour talking about the movie like to, I guess, whoever he saw it with. Yeah. And they were just dissecting it and talking about all the parts and how bad it was. And I got to say, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> I went into this expecting a terrible movie. And yeah. I got the greatest single movie in the entire history it, of cinema. It, it was definitely... It, it, it was unsung comedy of yeah. the uh, of that decade. And I think that might be the uh, one of the big problems. Is that the movie was likely marketed as a horror movie. In fact, I think the... <laughs> makers of the movie thought they were making a horror movie yeah but like it, it was produced by uh, del toro yeah. like there were there were some names behind this and somehow it had to have been one of the funniest movies i've ever seen and it's not like it was uh it's not like where it's like the room where things are so like awkward that you have no choice but to yeah. laugh it was like i i just feel that the way that they shot and filmed it that there was no way that they weren't making this funny. Like it, the the timing of it had it had a beat. It had a beat of comedic timing to everything that went wrong in it. And like every single time, let's just talk about the the plot, the general plot of the yeah. movie before we get uh, too bogged down into specifics. Um, a husband and wife, or at the very least, um, a boyfriend and girlfriend, at least. Yeah, they. Uh, they are working as uh, scientists, I guess, chemical scientists or biochemistry scientists. Yeah, like bioengineers type deal. And they um, they create a monster, a yeah. creature, a few creatures for uh, to develop some sort of protein. And then they decide to take one of these creatures and splice into it some human DNA and see what happens. Yeah. And of course, the creature produces a, or the, the mixture of two produces a creature that the woman you know grows attached to and names and uh raises well at first it goes through a series of metamorphoses yes like it starts off as a tadpole mm -hmm. and then becomes a little kangaroo rat yeah <laughs> and then becomes a a hideous little girl and then it becomes a an attractive older girl yeah like uh, you know teenager or a 20 something year old yeah um Although I checked the, the actress who played her, and she's like apparently, I think she was like 40 or something or so by the time the movie came out, which it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, the, the uh, things computers can do. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, that's the basic plot. And in the beginning, the, the woman is more uh, motherly and nurturing uh, towards the creature, towards the monster. Yeah. And, uh, and the husband wants nothing to do with it, and he actually tries to kill it on several occasions. Yeah, like, at at one point, uh, it's dying of a fever, and, you know, Adrian Brody just had, he had enough. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he just decides, all right, you know, since we're cooling it down in the, uh, you know, in the tub, and it's still giving him a fuss, he decides to just dunk it. Just murder, just, just, just drown it, and then it turns out, 
Oh no, it actually likes to be in the water. It's got amphibian. Yeah, uh, it's frog lungs. Yeah. So he's like, oh. Oh yeah, I, I predicted that. You know? uh, I knew it would do that. And so, like, he's kind of against the creature at first, and then, like, as it <laughs> as it becomes an attractive, you know, woman, he's like, you know what, this creature's not so bad. Well, uh, attractive's a a harsh term. A harsh. Attractive is a nice term. Uh, or, or, or uh, attractive is a, uh, a, a a broad term. I would say, uh. A sev like I'm finger quoting attractive. Is that better? Oh, okay, that's that's a lot better. A attractive uh, woman. He decides. You know what? Maybe I can. Maybe 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 me and this creature can have something together. Yeah. So he has sex with it. Yeah. And then the uh, the the wife slash girlfriend comes in and catches him. Yeah. And she's like, "All right, we've both made some mistakes with this monster." <laughs> and then the monster dies. And then it comes back to life, and then it kind of kills people. Yeah. And then they kill it, and that's the end. And, like, uh, there's some spoilers along the way. Like, there are some other things that'll kind of spoil the movie, but, like, I don't think we really need to reveal them. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it doesn't really, like, usually we'll, we're, you know, we're pretty, uh, you know, liberal with the uh, the spoilers, but, like, like it, it doesn't really... Us addressing them doesn't really add or detract from uh, the whole experience. Like we could, we could like go beat by beat for uh, these different scenes of the movie and talk about what made them hilarious Silly. and weird. But this is just a movie that uh, that you might want to look for yourself, just so you can see. Maybe maybe other people get a different opinion of it. Yeah. Maybe they'll think it's hard, but uh, but I personally think that it was uh, anything. Like the the dialogue just didn't crackle and it almost sounded like sitcom dialogue. Oh yeah, there was just, it was just like, you know, repeating the last line or just going back and forth with the same line, like uh, when Adrian Brody was uh, listening to his oh, headphones and, and, and beating on the wall uh, you know, just her, you know, the, the woman asking him. Could you him, stop just, that? What? Could you stop that? What? Could you stop that? What? Take your headphones off. Huh? Could you stop that? Okay. <laughs> and, and yeah, that, you know, a lot of that. And so, also, there was, like, one thing I do want to uh, uh, talk about, I guess, a little bit. Again, it's not really, I'm not going to go into deep spoilers or anything like that. I'm probably yeah. going to go into spoilers in general. But um, I'm going to say the last 15 minutes of the movie were unnecessary. Like, the, the big, you know, climax where they're, you know, fighting it off and everything. Yeah. I don't think that was necessary. Actually, I think the story was much more satisfying before that. I was like, you know, it, you know, it did exactly what we thought it was going to do. It closed, you know, it was more about these, you know, the, this couple and their, you yeah. know, reaction to how this does and how they both kind of, they, they perverted science and, you know, in one way or another. And, uh, they kind of, you know, it put a strain on the relationship and it was like, you know, it, yeah. it closed the, it closed the necessary, you know, uh, story. And it kind of revealed to the, each other, like, wh who they really are as people. Uh, you know, the, the wife being a, you know, a little bit of a sociopath at times. Mm -hmm. And Adrian Brody just being a wet blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, and it was like, it was definitely a lot of, it was definitely more interesting where they left, where they left it off. And I have a feeling, I can't confirm this, but I have a feeling that the movie was kind of supposed to end thereabouts, yeah. and it probably... Uh, didn't test well with audiences, so they, you know, tacked on a monster battle at uh, the end. Uh, yeah, that's... It, it kind of... 
it, it kind of you know, reeked a little bit of uh, you know the executive hands. Yeah. The you know the so, but um, like overall, yeah. I I think what happened was I went into it expecting one thing, and I just realized like, man. This is so absurdly funny yeah. and ridiculous. Well, it's really because, you know, throughout this whole ordeal, this thing is an asshole. <laughs> like, it's just making a mess and yelling all the time. It won't shut up. It, it doesn't want to eat. <laughs> like, at one point, they're, you know, they're because they're doing this um, pretty much on the down low, like, they, they've been told by their science bosses, like, not to do any more experiments. And yeah. so they have to keep it a secret, and they keep like it's it's like Alf, like they're trying to keep it secret at some <laughs> points from the you know the nosy neighbors and everything, and it it just it, it's just bit by bit, like you know beat by beat, it's just one silly ridiculous thing after another. And I haven't laughed so hard at a movie in a while. Like and it, it just needs like a nosy Don Knotts coming in, <laughs> you know, trying to you know watch all the racket around here. Uh, what is that? <laughs> Or 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 a uh, Sergeant Schultz. I see nothing. Or a uh, or a Major Bellows from yeah. I Dream of Genie. <laughs> There's a reference for you. <laughs> or uh, or uh, oh, Gla I, yeah, Gladys. Gladys, yeah, from uh, Bewitched. Bewitched. Which um, I I think I may have mentioned before, but I've watched uh, a few episodes of Bewitched somewhat uh, somewhat more recently. Yeah. And because uh, my mom loves it, whenever I'm visiting her, um, it'll usually be on. And so I, I'll pop it on an episode and I'll, you know, watch them with her or whatever. And some of them are pretty funny, like, yeah. uh, because, you know, not just because of Gladys, you know, she's actually, it's kind of annoying, but it's yeah. more funny that her husband kind of thinks that she's a lush because she always <laughs> sees the weird stuff. And whenever, yeah. you know, and whenever it's time for him to see it, like things go back to normal and he looks and he just sees like a normal thing and he's like, all right, you know, just... Lay down and just shut up. Time to get you back at the Betty Ford Clinic. <laughs> and uh, she hasn't even existed yet, but we still have a Betty Ford Clinic. I think there was still a Betty Ford. Uh, never <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that the Betty Ford Clinic came before the Betty Ford. Like she was, gen she was engineered just for the clinic. It was like she was actually a, uh, she was a clinic builder, <laughs> and uh, and Gerald met her and was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> That, that's a good Gerald Ford. Shut up. You know what? You have all it takes to be my wife. And then they get married, you know? I think that's how it worked. Man. I, I, it was weird that her name was Ford before they got married. It, it was, uh... Like, they, they chose not to look too deeply at the at the family tree. He... <laughs> there were there were some branches that were, uh, were kind of intertwined. Yeah, there, there were some converging uh, limbs. It, like, he was the Fords of the presidential Fords and, you know, and all, like, the politician Fords, which I'm assuming there were. And she was the Fords of the, you know, the, the, the motor Fords. <laughs> and, you know, he... She came from Detroit. She's just a... a, a small-town girl. <laughs> Born and raised in South Detroit. Wait, I got them mixed uh, up. Living in a lonely world. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, lonely world can be in Detroit. <laughs> I don't know. Detroit is really known for its loneliness. I mean, you can be lonely anywhere. You can be lonely even in a big city. I guess. Like, they took the midnight train going anywhere. They probably left from the same platform. Yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> that's that's my interpretation of of uh, Don't Stop Believing. So, so what, what was it about? Oh, that's right. You are going on about the... Uh... I forgot you had finished your story about... Yeah, I... Yeah. 
I yeah, I just kind of got sidetracked with Betty Ford. <laughs> Abner, Abner, Betty I, Ford. Go ahead. I, I guess it's never really a good. It's never really something good when you have a clinic named after you. <laughs> like, uh, that's uh, that's really setting a bad precedent. It, <laughs> Did somebody say president? No, precedent. Oh. Okay, fine, president. Yay! That's a good Gerald Ford. <laughs> Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you yes or no, because I, I don't think I've ever heard the man. The only Gerald Ford that I know, or that I've heard speak, was one at the end of The Simpsons, when, uh, when he, you know, when George, uh, George Bush moves in across the street. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, he leaves, and Gerald Ford moves in, and Homer gets along with him. So I'm doing my entire Gerald Ford <laughs> impersonation on probably Dan Castellaneta's impersonation of Gerald Ford. Hey, you sound like Jimmy Stewart? Uh, well, he's like, hello, Homer! I'm former president. Maybe it didn't sound like that. <laughs> I'm former president Gerald Ford. Like a lot of people didn't know he had a hearing problem. What? <laughs> did you say something, Homer? Take your headphones off. What did you say, Homer? <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, I didn't expect to be shouting Gerald Ford in uh, right now, but that's just kind of where I go to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I shouted at the walls. You, you shout, you shout at the walls, or you just shout Gerald Ford? You know, yeah, at the walls. Know. I don't know. I just shout. Okay, I just shout. Sometimes, that, sometimes you just need to shout. Is that what you do in your bedroom? Is that, is that what I always hear in uh, there? That's how I get to sleep. <laughs> you scream yourself to yeah, sleep. Yeah, I'm like Uncle Fester. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, I guess. <laughs> I, I. All, in all due fairness, I don't yeah. think I've ever screamed myself to sleep. I don't think that's healthy. Like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it gets all that that built up energy from the day out, and and you know, you you just give you belt a good one out, and you know, maybe do a few incantations here yeah, and there, and do then a backflip. You yeah, know. and then you know, you just snuggle up in your bed sheets, and you you drift away with your Teddy straight jacket, you know. <laughs> No, I've been, uh... With my Teddy Manson. <laughs> I'm assuming you mean Marilyn Manson, of course. Sure. Okay, that, that's a little... That makes me feel a little bit better. Like, it just sings rock songs. <laughs> it's it's like one of those ones that you wind up in the back, like one of those <laughs> you, old... You pull the string. Yeah. <laughs> We're all stars now. Like, ah... Yeah. My Teddy Manson. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did sing that, right? I, I don't know what you were singing. In my own personal Jesus. Oh. I think that was Manson. Yeah. I sure. could be wrong. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that song, actually. You probably did. Oh, okay, sure. I guess you're the, I guess you're the authority on my life. No, I probably have, actually. <laughs> I probably have and didn't know it. Like, I've heard... I think he, I, the only songs I know that he's done are... Uh, the Dope Show, and I think he did a remake of Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, I know he did also did a remake of, uh... Uh... Oh, what the hell Tainted is it? Love? Yeah, Tainted Love, which that, uh, wasn't that maybe, great. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I was like, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Kinda uh, sounds can, like it, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can hear him doing that song. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. I can... Maybe I can do my own, uh... Marilyn Manson song. I remember I talked about it before. I wanted to do a Marilyn Manson-esque song uh, to uh, If I Only Had a Heart. <laughs> Have like an industrial oh, yeah. beat in yeah. the background like... Boom, boom, tch, tch, boom, boom. 
if or when a man's an empty kettle, <laughs> he should be on his metal. And yet I'm torn. Up. <laughs> That's how he sings. Yeah, I guess Donald Duck's doing the backup. <laughs> That'd be hmm, a Marilyn Manson and Donald Duck mashup. It's like when uh, Elton John was singing with Minnie Mouse in that one thing. I, 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 I don't know. Did that happen? Yeah. Oh wait, was like, that the end of that that video that you showed me? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was uh, singing "Don't, Don't Go, go Breaking Break My Heart." Yeah, with yeah. Minnie. Yeah, and this is just Donald Duck, like Donald Duck with Marilyn Manson. You, you gotta, you gotta make it more modern nowadays for the kids. You know, uh, yeah, because Marilyn Manson is really the uh, the most modern singer I think yeah, we even I know. know. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's a, I don't know. Uh, 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 okay, I guess I don't know any modern singers. Drake. Drake. Okay. Is he still? Actually, Drake's kind of. That, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, Drake. That's the I, I, don't, I don't really. I can't really think of the latest thing. I guess Cardi B. Cardi B. I don't think I've ever heard a song by her, but I know of her. Wait, who's that? Uh, who's that one? Billy Eilish. Bi oh that? yeah, Billy. I thought you were gonna say Billy Idol. I'm like, Billy, Billy yeah, he's still he's still relevant. <laughs> that old kids still love their Billy Idol. Hey, they still like White Wedding. <laughs> Hey, little sister, what have you done? Because he's old. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like Marv Albert when I do a old Billy Idol. Hey, little sister. Maybe, no, that's not Marv Albert. <laughs> you you sound like a one. character from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> like Hank Hill. Yeah. Or the Hank Hill prototype, yeah. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. You kids and your, your rock music. The only but, uh, yeah, oh, I think Bill, uh, Billy Eilish, Eilish. Eilish uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard anything by her, so yeah, I, I, neither have I. I just know names. I don't know any songs. It's like, I think the most recent song I've ever, I think I've heard was Anacondas by Nicki Minaj. That's as far back as I'm willing to go. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's, that's a like few years 10 old years old. Uh, maybe it's not 10 years old, but it might as well be. It was, I think it was in, I think it was in Bucks at the time, so it was like five or six years ago. Yeah. Oh man, jeez. Wow, getting old, Britain. Well, it's... Yeah. Now that's... Yeah, it's... Sunrise, sunset. I, it's gonna happen. Yeah, uh, gonna happen. It's happened. Yeah. Like, I wake up and my back hurts, you know, I had to get a little cane, something like that. I right, mean, yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. Maybe I'm not there yet. <laughs> like, it reminds me of every time I throw my back out, you you offer to, you know, do Batman, uh, you know, Dark Knight Rises and punch me in the back. It helped Batman. Well, it probably didn't, but uh, probably made <laughs> like, it worse for him. Like he would, he would have climbed out months ago had that guy not punched him in the back <laughs> every night. He was like, "All right, we just need to, we need to fix your back." <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Why do you think I put you in the cell with him? <laughs> He's the reason I have the mask. He was a dentist. <laughs> so apparently, Jimmy Stewart is also Bane. <laughs> yeah, he was a dentist. And a success. Ugh. Don't, don't ugh that. Ugh. I love that movie. <laughs> hey, that was a uh, little shop, right? Yep, little shop of horrors. That was your favorite guy, Steve Martin. Yeah. Hey, that was a good role for Steve Martin. It was him not, you know, because he was, he was only in for in it for ten minutes and he died. So it was yeah, a pretty good he, role he for was him. In it, he was in it briefly, and he also had Bill Murray to back him up. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess spoiler alert. People are people just people who are just waiting until today to watch uh 
little shop little of horrors. Shopper. They had it. They had it all set up. They're like, you know what? You know what? Sunday we're gonna watch the little shop of horrors. It's gonna be good. Let's listen to this podcast first, and then it's gonna be good. <laughs> Bill Murray's in it. And then, Aww. oh, I didn't want to hear that. And then Steve Martin dies. Ah, well, that's and, good at least. And <laughs> and then the plant dies, but in the original version, it doesn't. Ah, uh, uh, is that a spoiler? Yeah, it's a spoiler. He told you the fucking plant died. And then Frank Oz does a condescending commentary. Oh gosh. I told you that, right? Yeah. I was, um... Because there was a time where... I was obsessed with that movie. I, I guess obsessed is a strong word. I had it, and... I, uh, I showed it to Dominic, and then... Dominic absolutely loved it. Yeah. So... We ended up watching it, like, almost... Because I was used to babysit him, and, uh... Uh, we used to watch it like almost every day or you know or every other day kind of thing It was like a uh -huh. it was like a tradition. We'd go down to Wawa. We'd get some uh, we'd get some food and we watch Little Shop of Horrors and Like over and over again Well every day <laughs> <laughs> Or at least like you know it started out like every day and then you know then it was like all right You know he got tired of Little Shop and then like a week would go by I'm like hey Dominic you want to watch Little Shop? Yeah, I do! And then we'd watch it again, you know. But, um... There were, uh... I, I, right in the middle of that phase, I started, like, watching it on my own. Or at least I watched the commentary. I was like, you know, I'm kind of curious now what the commentary of this movie's like. Because, yeah. you know, the, the director is Frank Oz, and, uh, of course, he's, um... Yoda, and several <laughs> other people. Isn't he Gonzo? As no, well? no, 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 I think that's, uh... Uh, that's another good I think it's Steve. No, Steve. It, it was another one. Yeah, he was Fonzie. Or Fozzie. <laughs> hey! Hey! Waka waka! But, uh... So, yeah, he was, you know, he was all the... He was all the annoying. He was like Grover. Yeah. Uh, Miss Piggy, obviously. I forgot about that one. So, I was like, alright, let's see what this Muppet has to say about this movie he made. And man, oh man, was it the most condescending thing I've ever seen from a director. <laughs> like, it wasn't just, uh, oh, we, we, we timed this so it was, you know, good, but he was talking about, like, most people wouldn't get this timing, but I had the timing down perfect. Like, every little step that he took had to be perfectly timed. Most people won't even notice it, but I would have noticed it, and that's why I did it like that. Most people wouldn't even done it like that, and it would have been a lesser movie for it. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, it's it's a movie about a singing plant. Like maybe you should <laughs> slow your roll okay, a little bit. He's a passionate man who likes his singing plants. Yeah, he's a, he's a passionate director. The only other movie I know that he directed uh, was the score um, with Robert De Niro and. Uh, really? Yeah, he directed that. Frank Oz directed that. Yeah, and I'll be damned. And the funny thing is, before I went to boot camp, um, I used to watch that not a lot, but quite a bit. Yeah. Because uh, I really like that movie. I still do. It's a good movie. Yeah. But. Um, I remember I watched the, uh, again, the commentary, and thinking back on it now, because it was, you know, Frank Oz's commentary, like, it also was very condescending. Not as condescending as, like, you had to get the musical beats right or else it wouldn't work. <laughs> but it was still like, I try to hide this vase in every scene, but most people won't see it, but I do, and that's why I'm a visionary. <laughs> you know, it was his, you know, his normal condescending self. But this is before I saw the little shop, uh, Commentary. I didn't realize he was he was just looking down his nose at me. <laughs> it sounds like he's trying hard to be Kubrick, wherein Kubrick just had a problem. <laughs> Kubrick was just a, uh, a crazy. Yeah, but damn it, if that's if crazy is what <clears throat> you need to have movies like that, then we need more crazies or yeah. less. I don't know, <laughs> maybe less shit. 
because, uh, like, Kubrick, as far as I'm concerned, he has probably one of the best horror movies ever made yeah. with The Shining. Probably one of the best science fiction movies ever made yes. with uh, 2001. Probably one of the uh, one of the best or noteworthy war movies ever made with Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Um, probably one of the <laughs> one of the best love stories ever made with Lolita. And uh, okay, maybe not that one. <laughs> Though I will say that I didn't think I would like that movie when I watched it. I Lolita. Thought it, yeah, I thought it would be uh, a little bit too disturbing, but it turned out to be kind of funny. And I think the reason it was, was because, um, Peter Sellers was in it. Yeah. And he played, again, just like he did in Doctor Strangelove, he played like three roles or two roles. Although, in this one it made sense that he was the same person just playing dress-up. But it was still a very, like, he added something so, uh, what's the word thing, like, almost quirky or uh, eccentric to yeah. the movie that it was, it was less weird and more just, just fascinating. Like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then, of course, Scatman Crothers was in it. Uh, he played, oh, was he? Yeah, and uh, he was... He was basically, I think, like the... Uh, he had a very brief role, I think. He was like an... Uh, he, he tends to have very brief roles in like, uh, Kubrick movies. Like, he wasn't he wasn't Halloran levels in this oh, one. Okay. He, was, uh, he was more, like, bringing their, their suitcases into a room and then just cracking wise... And, uh, it was fun. It was great. It was a nice little cameo. <laughs> and then he shows up, I think, a little bit later, um, with, uh, uh, Peter Sellers' character. And it was just, like, it was just a, a weirdly fascinating movie. And I didn't think I would like it, but it turned out, yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was never boring. Which oh, is... okay. Which is, like, I, that's the cardinal sin what, for movies. What, was it tasteful? Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they, the, um... Yeah, because it, it's a oh, yeah. very, you know, yeah. a very touchy yeah. subject matter. Yeah, yeah, no, the, uh... As far, as far as I can tell, because I, I came in about halfway through, and it was basically when he just first, I think, absconded with her or whatever, like, you know, he stole her away, and, you know, everything like that, but I think because it was, uh, you know, the, the 50s or 60s, like, their romance was merely implied. Like, uh, there was never anything, uh, gratuitous about it. Oh, uh, okay. It was, right. you know, they, they merely hinted at it. I think they only went so far as to say that he was in love with her and she was in love with him. All right. You know, but, uh, but it was more, like, implied through the other characters. Like, I think, uh, Kubrick was like, Ah, yeah. Do you want to get a bridal suite with her? And I think that is the most explicit they got <laughs> with it. Not Kubrick, I mean Sellers, Peter Sellers. Okay. And that was the most explicit I think they got with and the, uh... Though the book, I haven't read the book, though. I hear the book is a little bit different. Uh, I haven't read the book. I haven't read it. Uh, it's well, it's just, you know, with, with how, uh... With how graphic Kubrick w you know, would get later on in his career, yeah, I, I think it's a... You know, a, a definitely a warrant was, for concern. It was, uh, yeah, I, I get that. But, yeah, it was still the 60s. Like, uh, yeah. Like, they, you know, it wasn't until, let's see, The Shining was, what, 1980? So, yeah. like, you know, he could do a little bit more things with that than he could with, uh, say, Dr. Strangelove, which was, like, in the mid-60s. Yeah. And I think also, what, 2001 was also in the 60s. Uh, I want to say 68 or 69. Although there was, there was probably 
far less n need to worry about that one. Yeah. Except for that weird computer banging scene. Yeah, yeah well, and the apes in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you have to worry about that. <laughs> it's like, well, what are they gonna fling? Okay, no, no. <laughs> it's just poo. <laughs> so yeah, the, um... I found out oot. I found oot. I found out also that, as far as I know, I haven't- I know I haven't seen everything by, um, Stanley Kubrick, but I think most of his work is based on books or, you know, short stories of some uh, kind. A lot of time, yeah, a lot of times they are based off of some kind of like, literature. I don't know about, uh, Dr. Strangelove or yes, Full Red, Metal Jacket. Red Alert, uh, Dr. Strangelove was based on a book called Red Alert, and okay. Full Metal Jacket was based on a short story called The Part-Timers. Oh, okay. So, Clockwork Orange also. Yeah. The Shining. Yep. Lolita. Yep. 2001. Yep. And even, uh, his brief part in AI, uh, was based on Pinocchio. Huh, okay. I wonder well, where, uh, I don't know Eyes Wide Shut about, you know, I don't know about that. Uh... Fifty Shades. Yeah, <laughs> He was a- he was an innovator. He's <laughs> like, I'm gonna make one that's not based off of a book. Eyes Just, wide <laughs> shut. This is pure Kubrickian imagination. So, Nicole Kidman is naked. Oh, this is on fire already. And then Tom Cruise and hers. That's how he wrote, I think. <laughs> and, uh, I wonder what, uh, Spartacus was based off of. Oh, he did Spartacus? I believe so, yeah. It's probably based off of Spartacus. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually based off of um, Farewell to Arms by Aaron Hemingway. That's a complete lie. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, I I've, I haven't read all the way through that book, uh, Farewell to Arms. I have like like four different Hemingway books that I can read in my... Uh, somewhere. Actually, I don't know where the hell it is now, but... Um, yeah, the uh, I read like the first ten chapters or whatever, and it was or first four chapters. I don't know. It was pretty good. I liked it. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it was it was about World War One and decidedly not about like the Romans, which is I think what Spartacus was about. <laughs> yeah. I've actually never seen Spartacus. Neither have I. Though I hear it's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear. Uh, I know that I'm Spart uh, I'm Spartacus is a quote that pretty much everybody quotes. Yeah. Someone. Uh, yeah. Someone took his Pepsi. I saw that commercial. Wait, what? Uh, I think there was like a Pepsi or some kind of, uh... Uh... Some kind of commercial where, uh... I, I You know, someone I think had a Pepsi or, or some kind of product with the name Spartacus on it. Oh. And, uh, like, I have a, a such and such here for a Spartacus, and then two men, uh, you know, stand up and say, I'm Spartacus, and then everyone says I'm Spartacus, and... Uh, you know, initially in the movie, everyone, you know, everyone doing that, you know, is a sign of camaraderie. Yeah. And, you know, Spartacus, you know, sheds a tear for it. But, you know, in the commercial, it sounds like he's he's crying because everyone wants his <laughs> Pepsi. That's funny. I like that. I... I Is that, like, a newer commercial or is that older oh, back when you were kids? I... Or in between, I guess. I, I, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Is that when they... Because they use like the actual footage of uh, the movie. Oh yeah. Okay, yep. I get it. That's pretty. That that's pretty damn funny. I remember. Uh, I'm, uh, gonna ha I'm gonna have to look it, look it up because yeah, now I'm butchering it. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering, it, but yeah. I um. I like Little Caesars pizza. <laughs> that's why he's crying. <laughs> I have a Caesars Little Caesars order for uh, Spartacus. Anyone? No one. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
pizza, pizza. And that's how you end the commercial. I remember back then they used to have, like, that was like the, uh, where they started, like, splicing in different movies of, yeah. you know, clips or whatever. Like, I'd, after Forrest Gump, uh... Yeah, it was just off to the races. Yeah. I remember seeing one during the Super Bowl couple, uh, like, many, many years ago. This is, again, this is around that time, like, 99, 2000. Mm -hmm. And it was like a UPS or FedEx kind of commercial or something. And it was taking clips from The Wizard of Oz. And I they, vaguely remember that. And I remember, like, I think they were... Oh, man, I can't... I think the, the Munchkins were sucking helium balloons. All right, I might be making uh, this part up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they all had, like, you know, they were all normal talking, and then they sucked the helium, you know, balloons, and Dorothy had her, you know, hand to her mouth, like... <gasps> Like it was like some sort of- <laughs> I might be mixing this up, I might just be getting this completely wrong now. But, yeah, FedEx. That's the next commercial we're gonna have to look up. The I'm Spartacus Pepsi commercial and the, uh, FedEx Wizard of Oz commercial. Uh, well... I-I know one of those is a commercial that happened. <laughs> you said you vaguely remembered the, the FedEx one. You can't lie about it now. I, I, Play back the tape! Um... I remember they were doing, like, in the late, uh, 2000s, they started doing that for DirecTV. They started taking, like, clips from movies. Like, yeah. they had a Back to the Future one, where it was, like, you know, 1985, Doc Brown, and then it was, like, you know, 2009, Doc Brown, where it was, like, oh. And then, anyway, <laughs> and then, he, you know, he, he hawked his goods or whatever it was that he was trying to do, and that was it. But they also had one with, uh, from National Lampoon's Vacation, with, uh, you know, when he's, you know, Chevy Chase is swimming with Chrissy Brinkley. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, they didn't have, obviously, they didn't have Chevy Chase, that wouldn't have been funny. Uh, they had Christy Brinkley doing it, and, uh, I remember thinking, like, yeah, I can tell when it's, you know, the new Christy Brinkley, but... I don't care, I still think Christy Brinkley's pretty, I really like Christy Brinkley. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that commercial. Uh, though, I... I, I kind of wonder, like... In uh, maybe like twenty or thirty years from now, is someone going to like put someone in uh, like uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s part? You know, in the Iron Man oh, suit, yeah, or one hundred percent there, or have some some other guy as Thanos snapping? <laughs> like he snaps, and then it, it's a you know everyone has Corona. When you need a a good refreshing taste that won't let you down, snap into a Corona today. Or, uh, yeah, I guess 20 or 30 years from now, we're, you know, we'll be getting up there. So it's going to be appealing to our generation. Like, oh, so it's going to be like Medicare. Yeah, it's going to be like, <laughs> when you're uncertain uh, of uh, your regularity. <laughs> Life comes at you fast. <laughs> Metamucil. <laughs> oh, it like, it like, fate, like, dusts in the Metamucil, it just undusts and it's the meta. Oh, yeah, the dust footage reverses and it's like a uh, some glass of goop or whatever Metamucil is. <laughs> like, there's one good thing about Metamucil that I can say that I experienced in my young age. Yeah. Which is, if you take a spoonful of Metamucil and you put it in like a, get a glass cup, and uh -huh. you, you put it in the glass cup with some water, like half a glass of water, you mix it in, you know, mix up really good, and you put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, then you take it out, and then you mix it up again, you uh -huh. put it in the microwave for another 30 seconds, you keep doing that back and forth. After like the sixth or seventh time, you got like the gack from uh, Nickelodeon. Ew. It's the same consistency, it's great, you know, but it's not It's not a liquid, it's like a solid. So you can just, uh, 
Like, we, we made it in chemistry when I was in high school, and we, like, you know, in between watching movies and everything like that, you know, while you guys were working <laughs> yeah. hard, we were making Gek, and we, like... You were making toys. Yeah, we were sticking it to walls and everything, and it would just, you know, it wouldn't leave a stain, it was just solid, so you can just get it up. I mean, you'd still get hair in it. It's, it's still Gek. <laughs> what does it make? Like, isn't that supposed to help you poop? Well, yeah, but it also makes Gek. <laughs> it's something about the chemical reaction, I think, of the... The mix, the the heat and the mixture. Uh, like if you had, if you put it in, say, like I think we had a, we have a magnetic hot plate um, yeah. at school, and if you put the, um, if you put the metamucil in there, and if you put the uh, the magnetic stir in the water, and you let it go for probably you know half an hour or whatever, it would probably give you the same results. It'd probably give you the same gack, you know, because I think it's a mixture of the heating and the the mixing that does it. Ew. So I'm gonna have to try that. I have to buy uh. some metamucil. Or, you know, something like that, and I'm gonna have to make some, and then I'll just throw it out, you know. Like, why don't we wait till after the pandemic? Well, can I just eat it? Like, it's <laughs> like, still edible. Like, you know, if there's any short... Like, the last thing we need is, you know, for some old guy not being able to poop because we're using it to make gack. Well, we can give him the gack. We can sell it to him. It's full of hair. Uh, listen, do you want to poop or not? Uh, you know, give, me, give me the dog hair... Well, no, no, no. The dog hair is an extra two dollars. If you want the uh, want the cat hair, you're gonna have to pay dollar seventy. You know, you can get three for five dollars. Hey, you know what? I'm just gonna go and die. <laughs> hey, suit yourself, man. We're gonna be here if you need us. Come get the amazing gack. There's like a line of old people around the corner. <laughs> we need that gack. That was my Gerald Ford. <laughs> <laughs> they play with it for a little bit, and then, you know, then they eat it. Oh, I wonder if the hardening it into, like, a solid, you know, changes its properties in a way that it's no longer beneficial to eat. Yeah, it just makes it more constipated. <laughs> You're all blocked up. We found something in your lower intestine. It looks like gack. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh boy, that's gonna be hell to pass. <laughs> Very matter-of-factly, this doctor is. <laughs> and that's how they get Thanos, so you feed him his gack. Like, I'm gonna try a an experimental procedure. Um, it hasn't been really tested by the FDA, but uh, he holds the guy's nose and he just blows real hard in his mouth. And then it's it. Oh jeez, I killed him! Well... I guess that's why it's not uh, approved by the FDA. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what the commercial is going to be. That's a very involved commercial <laughs> that involves not only the undusting of the Metamucil, yeah. but also people turning it into GAC, selling it to old people, it getting blocked up, the doctor <laughs> killing the man, and then just walking away with his hands in his pockets, and then it's just going to be Metamucil. <laughs> it moves you. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it, it reminds me of uh, the, the conversation we had about the Ant Man going up Thanos's butt. Oh gosh, <laughs> the whole Thanos thing. Yeah, and, and just our take on it. Because I remember, I um, I forget where I heard it the first time. It might have been just on the Facebook. It, it, yeah, it's just a meme for a little while. And uh, so yeah, their idea was you know like all right, why doesn't Ant Man just you know shrink down, go up Thanos's butt, and then just expand? And just blow him to kingdom come. Yeah. But we were thinking... <laughs> see, it's not going to be as funny without the visuals I, I'm going to be doing. I know, it's just going to... But you're, you can see the visuals at least. Yeah. So you can <laughs> you can react. It's just going to, you know... 
we think that was gonna happen is when Ant-Man expands, like, Thanos' anus is too strong. Yeah. And it just... crushes and kills <laughs> Ant-Man. So, <laughs> when he expands, you know, Thanos just kinda goes... and just bends over, puts his... puts his finger up to his cheek. He, he makes the... the copper-toned face. He makes the little stinker face. <laughs> and then just a stream of bloody diarrhea yeah, just comes out of him. <laughs> and then Iron Man just flies oh, away. Yeah. You know, uh, Thor twirls his hammer and goes... <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, that's it. Everyone's done. They're not fighting this guy anymore. I, 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 you know, I don't blame them. If someone just killed uh, my friend with their asshole, I, I don't think I would be able to fight them. <laughs> it's like, you know what? You win. You win everything. Yeah, you win yeah. everything. <laughs> you are the dominant power in the universe now. You just... Here. Here's the glove, just snap us out of here. <laughs> Here's the keys to the universe. We... <laughs> is that like the, uh... Is that like the universal mayor who hands Thanos the keys to the universe? Uh, I, I just imagine it's a regular set of car keys. <laughs> he puts it in, just... You have to find the right spot, but once you do, you, you just... You can just pilot the universe. Yeah. You can't go... can't go faster than C, though. Ah, uh -huh. uh, yes, you can. Uh. He goes D. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> he goes distance, I guess, because that's what D is usually short for. He goes for. density. That's not that's not D. What is it? Density is usually rho. Oh, so there's a there's a fun science fact for you. Well, that's all I got. <laughs> it, it sucks that we only have 26 letters of our alphabet, so we had to start borrowing from the Greeks, and then we ran out of the Greek alphabet, so we did like uppercase, lowercase Greek, and then we just kind of like, you know what? Let's just keep on reusing the same letters for different things. Yeah, and it, then it goes into like which different bra uh, which branch of math you're going into. Like I tell you, I tell you this right now, K, you know, lowercase K. When I was in uh, when I was in uh, most of my science classes yeah. stood for, I think, at least four different constants <laughs> at different times. It's like, all right, K is uh, this constant, uh, K is this constant, and K is this constant. And I'll be honest, uh, it might have also been Planck's constant at one point. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I remember one of them was really easy to remember. Like, one of our professors gave us some good mnemonic devices, and, uh, like, one of them was, um, I think, one, like, one times two, or 1.2 uh, times 10 to the third or something like that. He's like, oh, it's easy to remember. One, two, three. It was like something ridiculous like that. And we're like, oh, that that's actually is easy. But uh, most of the stuff, like, I guess it wasn't a very good mnemonic device if I can't remember it right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can remember it for a test, but uh, boy, I don't think I can remember it for, you know, if someone came up to me right now and was like, what is the, what is the, uh, the energy constant from the sun, the wattage constant? Like, what is that? Uh, I'm like, I don't know. Is it 1080 joules per kilometer or something like that, or joules per second? No! Well, actually, it might be. Yeah, I think it is, actually. <laughs> or, like, 1067. I don't know, we always had all these numbers to memorize, and I always thought that was kind of stupid, because we never needed to know the solar constant in a life-or-death situation. Like, if we wanted to, we could always just look it up on the Google. So, maybe it's a maybe it's an age thing, because my... If my mom was teaching, she'd probably make us remember it because my mom was definitely one of those people who were like, "Now you're going to need to know this because there's never, there's not always going to be a calculator in your pocket." And you know, <laughs> we showed her, or her actually her favorite was, um, "What are you going to do when all the microchips go down and all the calculators go down? Well, how are you going to do math then?" I remember telling her like, "I think we're going to be more worried about the fall of civilization yeah, yeah. than I, doing uh, sales tax." Like, 
I'm not gonna need to know uh, Avogadro's number if uh, if I have to count the chickens. <laughs> it's like I uh, and it's funny how much in like if you're in the science fields and everything like that, you use these things all the time that it's like second nature to you. You know that you don't even need to worry about it. But if you're in like a uh, regular you know, if you're working at like, I don't know, like the library, like I am, like I can't tell you the last time I had to convert from Celsius to Kelvin. Like yeah. it's not that it, it doesn't happen too often. Well, I, I just mean in that fall of civilization scenario. Oh yeah, it's like, I like, all right, I don't need to know, uh, you know the you know what a plank length is, uh, you know, to you know determine that my crops aren't going to get me through the winter. <laughs> Yeah, but if you knew why, with that plank length, you might be able to do it. If you shrink yourself down to a plank's length, you will have crops. You will have a an entire universe of crops till the day you die. Let's see, a plank length? Uh, jeez. Like, you would probably, uh, die without, you know, at a plank length, you would probably die without ever encountering an atom from that plant. Wow, that's crazy to think of like that. Like, I remember doing, uh, like the orders of magnitude of a, of a plank length. Mm -hmm. And I remember, uh, you know, determining, like, the size of a plank length compared to the size of an electron is the size of an electron to the size of the solar system. Oh, wow. Like, it's insane. It's like, I'm gonna invent a new one. Half a plank length. Uh, that's a, that's a mark length. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh like, do you want do you want something that small to be named after you? I feel that it's only necessary that something that small is named after me. That's a I had a Dell length. <laughs> no one calls anything by their first name. Dell length, that's half a plank length. Like but I thought plank length was the lowest form of uh of uh distance that we could measure. Or length. Like yeah. He just said half of that. <laughs> well we we already know that. Uh, we ne we uh, know the si things can be measured in sizes of a Briton. <laughs> we we have done that in the past. Yeah. We also determined that a certain height is within the misery band. So was that six two to six four? Is it just plain old six three? Uh, uh, you know the misery band is between six two and six four. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's a it's like a spectrum of misery, like you know anything below that, you know you're happy, you're a happy person. Anything above that, you're dead. <laughs> you know, so... So, you know, it's fine, you know, you can be... Life cannot exist, uh, <laughs> as, uh, as defined above that, uh, above that height. It's like, I don't know a single person who's 6'5 or greater. <laughs> That's a lie, I think I do know someone who is, uh, 6'5. It was, um... I, I think it was a, a woman who used to come into my, uh, Wawa. She was definitely, definitely 6'5 or hmm. greater. Um, I, I met her. Oh, uh, yeah. when we went to the casino. Oh, that's right. That yeah, time. she. Yeah, so I think she was taller than you, right? She was. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> like tall people are cool when it's not you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I digress. I guess I think five eight, which is my height. I think five eight is the perfect height to be. Uh, I, I think that is, uh, like, considered like the optimal height in certain countries. Yep. Not America, but in certain countries. I, I don't know. Like Yugoslavia. I, I know there is a lot of, uh, uh, you know, heightism going around. 
in the uh, the Tinder community. Yeah, I know. I uh, I started it. Actually, it was the other way around. <laughs> like I started heightism, and it worked out the opposite effect. Like nobody likes tall people, Britain. <laughs> Now go back and do something else with your life other than being tall. Alright. Don't knocking my stuff over. Don't tripping over things <laughs> like mountains. And satellites. <laughs> Can't watch direct TV because <laughs> of you now. Hey, you wanna clear those sunspots while you're up there? <laughs> like my favorite uh my favorite thing is whenever, like, you know, we're shopping at the, the grocery store for food. Yeah. And somebody asks you to get something off the top shelf. I don't say anything at the time. I let them <laughs> feel... I let you feel like you're, in, you know, important. And <laughs> then as soon as their back's turned, I just let it happen. I just let it roll. I, I, I don't know if I do it, but do I give you, like, a self-conscious look? Like, I, I know I'm gonna get... Yeah, like, oh, you're yeah, just you, gonna... You, you just kind of, you know, like... It's like, oh, yeah, sure. But I hear, like... I hear in your voice this, this son of a bitch. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hear of it. As you're hand, slowly handing the little old woman her, her, po her paper towels, you're just slowly glaring at me. Don't you say it, don't you <laughs> fucking say it. <laughs> and we walk away, we, you know, she goes down the aisle and pays for her food and goes home. And then, then, and only then, I start making fun <laughs> of you. <laughs> oh, more of it. Can you help me get something off the top shelf? Look at you being useful. <laughs> he doesn't even need a stepladder. I, I knew it was coming. I liked it because you started laughing before I made the joke, because you knew what the joke I was going to be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Britain's bounce. <laughs> he doesn't even need a stepladder. <laughs> it's like, never... I've only been making tall jokes against poor Britain since, uh, since the 10th grade. Yeah. And... Nearly 20 years. And I just... You would think that I'd be running out at this point. Not even close. Like, man, like, I... I say or do something, and I realize I've made a tall joke, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Like, I have a whole book of tall jokes that I should just write. You know, like, uh, You made one. <laughs> I did! Yeah, you made... <laughs> I, I, it's sitting right over... Yeah, it's, uh, over at the, uh... Yeah, it's up there. Entertainment center. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was a good. You know what? You should be honored <laughs> at the amount of dedication I made. Like there, this book. There was nothing half-assed about this book. Don't get me wrong. It was a good book. <laughs> it, it, it was well done. There was care taken in it. But I think it's just the most elaborate insult yet. <laughs> is that is that the most elaborate or the song I wrote about you? You wrote a song. Well, the. Uh, the, you got tall right here in River City. Uh, with a capital T that runs your T and it stands for tall. Uh, that's tough. Like I, I, the, the book was more lasting. Yeah, the book won. The book won more prizes. You got the Pulitzer. You know. got the Peabody. Yeah. It was like the Newbery, you know, kid-friendly award, and they all yeah, they all dance around you. I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Like you were, you were, you had that uh, little bit of litigation with the Clifford uh, franchise. <laughs> Clifford, the big tall dog. <laughs> it's like, like, listen, my Britain sleeping in a doghouse outside of the apartment <laughs> is way different than your fucking dog sitting sleeping in that fucking doghouse outside the apartment. Jeez. Like my giant can take your giant any day of the week. Like. You and, uh, it's like kaiju at this point. <laughs> you know, you versus Clifford. 
Like, and then I think it turns out that after- After the fighting stops, like, you just take it for a walk and you pet it and everything like that. Like, oh, And it just- just works out against me. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, there's, I'm guessing, a city of rubble around us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the army fought both of you and failed. Like, the dog barked and it just, like, knocked all the trees and the tanks over. It was like an atom bomb blast. Woof! <laughs> you see just a guy floating in the air and then that's it. Uh, flies into the sun. They're gonna do the Sarah Connor at the fence. Nah, nah. You, you gotta save the Sarah Connor <laughs> at the fences. And that's actually a pretty. Like, I'm gonna write a whole series of books <laughs> about Britain and Clifford the Big Red Dog fighting the army and like fighting each other, but then becoming friends and you know, like a kaiju fight. And then we'll wait and see how badly I get sued. <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong, I, I would pet that dog. Oh yeah, of course you would. I'd pet that dog at my size. And I'm not even like, I, I, the dog is, I'm in more danger of being stepped on by the dog <laughs> than being loved by the dog. He tries to lick me and that's it. There's no peanut butter in the world that'll take care of that. <laughs> it's like, you ever see a dog like, like, see a bug on the ground start eating it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, you're gonna run over and be like, get, Open your mouth, open your mouth, get that mark out of your mouth! <laughs> what are you, what are you eating? Get, get here, get over here! Get, drop mark, drop him, drop him, drop him! I'm just covered in goo and blood and I'm dead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he buries me in the backyard. Uh, I bury, like, like a bone. It's like, I, I, I bury you like a baby bird and he just digs you back up. <laughs> Don't! Get, put that down! Put that down! He, he starts shaking me. <sighs> <laughs> oh, look what you did to my redwood. <laughs> Is that what you play fetch with them? Oh, no, it's like my redwood garden. Oh. <laughs> Get out of my redwoods. <laughs> Bad dog. Bad dog. See, it's a lot It's a lot of fun to make fun of tall people like you. Or just look. you, I guess. <laughs> with Clifford, it makes, a little, it makes all the difference. Yeah. Like, if it was, I don't know, Gamera wouldn't be as funny. <laughs> Yeah, turtles no. don't do anything funny. Though, if it was me fighting Gamera. Oh yeah, that would be kind of a little funny, I guess. Hmm, I wonder who would win in that fight. You know, assuming that you are the size that I say you are. Yeah. Um... I mean, he has fire breath. Yeah, I... I, I but I've, you know, you eat those meatballs sometimes, <laughs> and it's just as bad. Uh... I don't know, I think I can, I can make him depressed. <laughs> he just won't want to fight anymore. <laughs> Oh, it's sad. <laughs> What's the point, Gamera? Yep. Everyone's just gonna be dust one day. <coughs> just stop. <coughs> no point. Then I just come out and see both of you sitting on the curb, a giant curb, mind you, <laughs> sitting on a you know, sitting on a skyscraper with your hands on your chin or yeah. on your cheeks, just. Hey, Mark. <coughs> Like, Britain, did you talk to Gamera again? Look, what's the point? <laughs> then it cuts to me just sitting there next to you guys on my hands on my cheeks like, This is terrible. I, I imagine it cuts to like a map. Like, there's like an epicenter around me of depression. <laughs> it's like the, like in The Simpsons, the 3D model yeah. is like, a, it's concave. General, right, we, we gotta do something. Like, What's the point? <laughs> Like, every missile we send in there gets depressed and just go, you know, 
just falls out of the sky. You just become the incredible sulk. <laughs> That's my secret cap. I'm always sad. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> the sad Avengers. <laughs> and they just brick me up in a building. <laughs> like, just to... Yeah, like they, they can't they can't move me, so they just put a bunch of bricks around they just me. Build a building around yeah. you. Oh, that was. A, at, least, at least we don't have to look at them. Like I still kind of feel it, but I will admit it's not as bad as before. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what are we gonna do with camera? Ah, let's just kill him. Yeah, just send him home. Was that the nuke? Uh. No, that was just him flying away. Oh. Your nuke sounds- and your flying turtle sounds are awful similar. Yeah, I need to work on that. That's alright. You'll get there. So anyway, Splice. Uh, Diamond in the Rough as yeah, far as I'm concerned. A, a, a silly movie. Like, uh, but, you know, worth a watch if you just want something, you know, kind of goofy that really didn't know what it was doing. Like, the fact that they made it to be a horror, I think, is the only downside of this movie. And the last 15 minutes, so, anyway, see you later. Uh, toodaloo. That'll hold a little SOBs.